to another episode of House of Nako. We are recording live from the Victory Room here in Brooklyn, New York. And we are sending you lots of love and light wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast from. And we wish you health and wealth and happiness even in the midst of the storm. You can attain it, folks. Yes, that's possible. And speaking of the midst of the storm, we're just going to delve right into these trending topics that pervade the interwebs. Uh, Our last podcast focused on where the progressive voice is post Bernie's dropout and where, what direction should we seek? I believe a lot of us are having to, even if you had formulated an opinion and knew that this was coming from the beginning, it's still something that you have to reassess and you have to figure out what what you're going to do, what your stand is going to be. And your stand is your stand and you don't owe anybody an explanation for the stand or stance that you want to take you don't owe anyone a vote that's not how it works and you do have the right to refrain from voting of course we as Americans it's not compulsory or perhaps it is compulsory but it's not mandatory it's not some martial law is going to take into effect to drag you from your dwelling to take you to whatever polling site or force you to do a mail-in ballot you can say and I've seen plenty of people even those who have a platform in the independent progressive space say that very prominently that they are not supporting Joe Biden they're not taking the quote-unquote advice from Bernie Sanders and are not voting for Joe. And that's their right. It's it's an individual thing. However, I would urge those individuals to not act out of such disappointment and passion. We do want to act out of passion, but when it's coming out of a place of disappointment, like the disappointment of hearing that Bernie officially ended his campaign in the pursuit of the White House, which we did know was coming, but to hear it was a blow. And then on top of it, this endorsement in this horrible and painful way that they doled it out, which was done on purpose. There is nothing that is not calculated with these people. Everything is an innuendo. Everything is something to be looked into in a deeper meaning or flipped around. Like that's the psychology of these individuals. They want to bring about 
an imploding of the progressive voice and a tactic that they are choosing to zero in on is to break down their leader, which is Bernie Sanders. So they are going to take moments in mainstream media, like The Guardian, of course, is a part of the corporate media conglomerate. It's just across the pond. So when The Guardian writes about it, then the AP, the Associated Press, is going to pick it up. And then these corporate media conglomerates in the United States will pick it up if it serves their narrative. And right now it serves their narrative to destroy the momentum of the revolution and the gathering of actual peoples that Bernie brought together. And the way they are doing that is taking down the leadership. They want to take down AOC, who is up for re-election. So they're smearing her in their media outlets. And now with Bernie, they are using their stronghold, which is the corporate media structure, to smear him and to create a narrative because they know people don't really sit and read articles they'll read the headlines they've done the studies they know the psychology they know how many seconds per word people focus on and so that's why we have clickbait and we have these are uh, titles of, or headlines that are completely skewing what is the content or there isn't even any content it's just for clickbait just for clicks just so these websites can get more traffic and more traffic means more advertising opportunities they can say well we get like six thousand million gazillion clicks per this so get advertise on our site and that's the whole game of it people so it's not about providing you with a fair and balanced outlook of the trending topics in our world today that's real journalism what it is is that it's a narrative that's being crafted to us for a reason and most of that reason is to keep us very scared and confused and to keep us wanting to buy things so that that capitalist cookie doesn't crumble and it's up to us to say whether or not we are going to continue to fall for this and just fall in line and vote blue no matter who let's start with that guardian article now, many Bernie supporters I saw online, and a lot of times I think people do things for attention and to see how many likes they can get for whatever content they're spewing online, and sometimes it doesn't come from an authentic place. That's just my observation. However, there were people who were genuinely upset, genuinely upset, and I can understand that especially the people who have given body mind soul sweat tears for this for this campaign and believed in the policies that bernie was trying to push through and truly believed that with us coming together as bernie said so many times that they could make it to the white house and the fact that half the country has not voted yet and the convention is being pushed back but who knows it'll even take place and they want to present 
that you know Bernie is distan distancing himself from his supporters so that and smearing them so that they in turn will feel dejected they will feel hurt they'll feel betrayed and then in those feelings is not the energy and the inspiration to keep going and then to keep going where there isn't an obvious path of where we can go I mean it's not outlined I do believe the obvious path is general strike hello in addition to supporting other candidates who are running for president and yes there are more uh there are more candidates running other than uh, uh the incumbent president and the presumptive nominee <laughs> Biden the Green Party has several people on the ticket and we're going to talk about the Green Party option last episode we did talk about Howie Hawkins it was my first time even really delving into what his message is I've delved a little bit further into his background and into the policies that he would enact if elected president and I have a lot of questions a lot of questions and some concerns and we'll touch on those concerns and much much more So before I even delve into the Green Party and what I have found about that whole situation, I just wanted to tie up the Guardian article and Sanders saying that it's irresponsible not to support Biden. That was their title of the article. And yes, it is true that when you read the article in its entirety Bernie did talk about irresponsibility but he spoke about irresponsibility in terms of not voting which is another main reason not only does the establishment and donor class want to just break up the momentum and just break up the whole people's revolution that Bernie started and maintained from 2016 until now they want you to they have been toting around poll information that oh progressives don't vote basically and the uh, pretense or the uh, reasoning for that is the fact that they're just so fed up with the system the system is corrupt it doesn't work so we're just not going to participate and whether or not that is true remains to be seen from me because I need to do my research before I just accept this well-known fact that's being floated around. However, whether it's true or not, it's, it's, it's a narrative that is pushed. And so people tend to not do the research and just accept like, oh, well, if progressives don't vote and I'm progressive and I'm upset about what's going on and now Bernie's turned on me, so I'm not going to vote either, which is exactly what they want you to do. 
And to me, I said this in previous episodes that the fact that Bernie is out of the race, he has said it with his own mouth and we all know it as fact. So the fact, the fact that they are still running these, this uh, campaign of their own to smear and destroy Bernie Sanders' reputation amongst his followers and to destroy that momentum, that you have to see the hidden meaning in that and it's not so hidden, but it is veiled, which means you have to be willing to take off your veil and then remove the veil that's over the slide to see it. And a lot of people, you know, ignorance is bliss for a lot of people. And to act like, oh, I don't care about that stuff and that stuff doesn't affect me, la di da, might have worked before the Rona. But now, with the Rona here, and I know that it's trending uh, today on Twitter, the people are like, where's my check? Where's my check, Donald? Where is the check at? And it's saying on the IRS website, like, oh, we can't find you, basically, or having some sort of answer that is basically like, question mark, question mark, question mark, which is the gridlock of the federal government. We all knew it. People, financial analysts, economists already predicted that when these checks are trying to be doled out, that there will be major issues because there are major issues within the government. Oh, but not so major when trillions need to go to the top uh, 1,000 richest people in the United States with companies with 500 employees or more. There's no confusion there. There's never a delay. It's always right on time. They don't have to sit and wait for that month. They probably already have it. That stimulus three phase of the stimulus bill came out just days ago, and I bet you some of these airline folk and Jeff Bezos and all those jokers already had their checks. So why should the American people have to wait for the crumbs that you gave them in the first place? Why do you have to even make it that even more painful? It's absolutely ridiculous. So yes, back to this article. So they do not want you to have that reaction. So I implore you all who are listening to this podcast to reject that. I'm not saying that we can't critique Bernie's actions and whatever, but you have to see that the, that the, uh, clickbait headline was not exactly what Bernie was saying. He was saying, if you're not going to vote, that it is irresponsible. And having that sort of critique, is that something so terrible for him to say? I don't think so. He is saying that, yes, we should all come together and support Biden. But his ir- the, the word of him saying that you're re- irresponsible is that if your response is to that, I'm not going to vote. Which is why I believe our response is to say, like, okay, Bernie, we saw you in that hostage situation on your own YouTube channel where it was hijacked by the DNC and by Biden. We saw you cast in that crazy, dim, like lighting, making it look all old, like you haven't seen the sun, whereas Biden was like glowing. And this man, 
to have Biden glow, I mean, this man who couldn't even do anything without reading what he was supposed to be, uh, uh, the information he's disseminating is, I mean, wow, this whole thing was just crazy. But such is the establishment. See, this is the lengths. They are going hard lengths. Since the establishment is going through such lengths and gimmicks and live streams, speaking of Bernie had Cardi B on again to talk about the Rona. That's what the title of the live stream was. But please, we all know that the subtext, the context, the real text, the real deal, Holyfield, was to have that blue hair. No, I'm just kidding. I like Cardi B, but she's obviously being used as a pawn. And she may not even have the opportunity to say, you know what, I really am not comfortable with telling my followers to vote for Joe Biden. So blah, blah, blah. I don't know if she has that free will. It might be written in the 600 page of her contract that says, you know, if you're going to be in political stuff, it has to be X, Y, and Z. Who knows? But she had some FaceTime, Skype, whatever call with him in the clickbait was to talk about the Rona, but it definitely was and I feel who in the establishment they're like oh get that Cardi B because they were so disappointed in the fact that they could tell on social media whatever platform it is that Bernie supporters were not listening to his pleas for endorsement and that Obama's ridiculous endorsement that came through which we all knew was coming none of this should be a shock Obama now it has been revealed what we already suspected was that Obama was behind that whole coalescing around Joe Biden Klobuchar and Buttigieg dropping out Warren staying in that whole last minute play before Super Tuesday was orchestrated by the DNC, the donor class, and Obama was the one to officiate it, the puppet master puppeteer, if you will. And now that has been revealed for those of you who are like, what? What do you mean? And so many of you who drank the Obama Kool-Aid and didn't have a Jonestown experience and somehow lived through it still are under the effects of that Kool-Aid and no matter what no matter what facts are put in your face no matter how many bombs this man dropped on uh, all of these Middle Eastern countries killing thousands upon thousands thousands of innocent men women and children who had nothing to do with this it's all about money and oil and greed and you're talking about the most dangerous president in American history like it seems like every president is the most dangerous president in American history and it's longer that our history keeps going the more dangerous and the more deceptive and the more cunning 
and the more profit over people the government becomes. And this is why we need to say that enough is enough. The way this is structured, the way, you know, all of this is structured around not a government for the people, by the people, of the people, but that it has become the United Corporations of America. And when you have that whole foundation flipped around on top of capitalism, there is just no other way for it to go but down because of the imbalance. We're not talking about perfection. Nothing is perfect, but there has to be a balance. And right now the imbalance is the effects of the imbalance we are now seeing very clearly and very prominently because of this global pandemic it's hard to keep things the wool over your eyes and it's hard to keep things camouflaged when something is affecting so many people across cultural boundaries and racial even though it is impacting Poor people, people of color, mostly African-Americans, if we're talking specifically, and these are, and who really knows what information is right and what statistics are right at this point in time, but that is what's being projected on mainstream media. But regardless, it is something that is affecting everyone on every single level. And that's when you really get to see who's really running things, who truly is essential, and what corruptions pervade is in these types of situations that we find ourselves in. But I see many positives, like even I, there's positives in re having that type of realization it gives you a new perspective you get to step out of the darkness and into the light and you can make more informed decisions so I say we reject <laughs> this is finally I mean uh, kind of tying up the whole uh, Sanders calling his supporters irresponsible thing you could talk about it for hours and hours because it's so deep However, I just believe that any narrative that the establishment is pushing has an agenda of chaos, of fear, of confusion, and of for us to have the apathy that was the constant before. I think the statistic on a whole is that merit. And that also can be inflated. That statistic, oh, Americans don't vote, low voter turnout, low vo voter turnout. We hear that all the time, forced down our throats, especially during on mainstream, their, mainstream corporate channels. And that also could be for us to keep internalizing that that is the truth that is the status quo so i don't want to break the status quo so i won't vote that is an, another way to indoctrinate you know people by inflating uh statistics or completely making them up 
they are not beyond that that type of vicious ruthless uh calculated behavior and that's what people in power do when they are frightened which is why we need to take this and as I was saying before take the wool off your eyes unveil your eyes unveil the real uh context of this article and still see it for what it is whether you believe he was forced to say it or he said it of his free will. You have to look at the way it was intended when you actually read the article beyond the clickbait. And for Bernie Sanders to critique those individuals who say they disagree with Joe Biden and that their response is going to be that I'm going to do nothing, I'm not going to vote, I'm gonna sit on my hands. And to me, that's a fair critique. Now, he does encourage his supporters to support Joe Biden, but the whole irresponsible thing, it wasn't a blanket statement uh, geared or uh, specified to all of his followers. The context of the uh, interview and conversation, as always, are manipulated in the headline in order for you to click on it and for order for those websites to get more foot traffic for their own money needs. So we really have to look at this as not journalism. It's a way to spread propaganda, really. And we have to be armed and equipped with a critical eye to be able to say, oh, this is one of the establishment tricks. This reeks of establishment right here. Oh, so what it is, they want me to hate Bernie. They want me to give up. They want me to feel like, oh, there's no path forward. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to continue to support Bernie. Bernie, we know you under hostage, boo. We got you. We understand. We know that they're forcing you to get Cardi to say these certain things. And they can get Cardi B and Sierra and Mariah Carey and who, Nicki Minaj and all of them to get together. Lizzo and just twerk, twerk and have some, I don't know, <laughs> have what some video, some song, group song or something. Who knows what type of ideas these people would come up with, but it doesn't matter. You can get all those people and more to come and to selfie and to twerk and to go on SNL and and do whatever, you know, stupid meme is going on at the time or whatever challenge is trending that's not going to cut it anymore because we living in the Rona times. We're living under quarantine. We're living under millions upon millions. What is the number now? And we don't even know the true number because at first they said 6.6, then it went to 10. Now it's, I think it's at 20. I don't think I'm exaggerating 20. It's probably 20 plus million unemployed people. So I'm sorry, the hot sauce in my bag, sort of Hillary Rodham Clinton back to her 2016 desperate campaign tactics aren't going to work in 2020 in the Rona times. Okay. You got to, people are like, you got to keep it real. You got to show me something. So that's why they're saying no, Joe. They're saying 
with Barack Obama and Joe Biden. They didn't do anything for us anyway. And Joe Biden on himself with his record is abysmal. In addition to the fact there are some serious allegations out there against him that have not even been looked at or taken seriously by his campaign, by the DNC, by the corporate media it's crazy. So the choices suck. So you could see why someone doesn't want to vote for Joe Biden, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to take part in the political process. And I believe too many people put their lives on the line. Too many people lost their lives. Too many people were endangered and hurt physically, emotionally, and went through so much for not only African-Americans or Negroes back in the day to have the right to vote, but women too. Women too. And the suffrage movement is not a joke or a game. The ERA is still not ratified a part of this constitution, which is another show we have to do because that is some ridiculous. Okay. It's not even ridiculous. It's ridiculous that that is the case. So too many people, too many folks whether they've been credited or not and many in history we only look at you know certain people and give them credit but there are so many behind the scenes both men and women who have given their lives who have died like died in the south like people were lynched just for teaching people about voting rights and all this i can't even talk about it's like lynched and tortured to to show as a a symbol to anyone else to put fear into others but they still kept marching forward so fast forward to 2020 i cannot sit here and be like wow the choices suck so i'm just not gonna vet like what what kind of i mean that's coming from like i said that is your right no one can come and force you to do it but i am critiquing that right (laughs) of you to not to be apathetic or to just say wow the system sucks like that is a a standpoint of real privilege but when you have come from a history of disenfranchisement by your own government trying to take that and still to this day with both parties both the dnc both the rnc being guilty of voter suppression that means that your one man one vote which the founding fathers made sure that this system was built on still is something that is important so no matter what they try to tell you about oh it's the super delegates and our votes don't count anyway blah 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 and i'm not trying to say that that is not true and there's not validity to those statements and that super delegates are a part of voter suppression because actually greg palast who's written books i've done a review or even just a uh uh yeah basic review i want to break down his movie a bit more in some parts the best uh the best (laughs) no i can't remember but i have a whole show about it so you should check it out but greg palast yes has a lot to say and is probably the most renowned investigative reporters who 
specializes in voter suppression not and voter and suppression in this country and also abroad too is an amazing uh, uh real true journalist and he has written a lot he was recently interviewed on a podcast for vice actually i believe or a subset of vice or actually just kidding it was for salon the podcast is called the truth report and that's with chauncey de vega and it's a great interview episode 45 we'll just play an excerpt for you what is democracy and what does it mean i'm very frustrated we're not having that conversation it seems like people have forgotten or they never knew to me it's very simple which is every citizen gets to vote and every vote gets counted and if you don't have those two things you don't have a democracy so so yes voter suppression is real and it's real on both sides however there is some light at the end of the tunnel so to speak with this democratic initiative of imposing new mail-in voting laws that would make it easier for people especially in this pandemic to not gather in large groups there's all been poll workers in some of these places like Wisconsin where primaries were still weren't shut down and they were still running which is just insane however uh with these new initiatives that the democrats do want to impose it would make mail-in voting a lot easier and more accessible and what they try a part of voter suppression is to make voting difficult and to make it challenging especially in low-income and minority neighborhoods to discourage those voters and to discourage those votes in addition to finding so many little ways to disqualify a vote so that they get thrown out that is another huge tacket tactic and so many more and if you just follow greg palace and read some of the articles that he's written independently and also for the guardian and other outlets uh you will be amazed and then it should not fill you with despair it should feel fill you with inspiration and gratitude for yourself and gratitude for those around you that have decided that the status quo is not acceptable anymore and for your power to be so influential and to be so uh feared that the establishment goes to these lengths of trying to steal and suppress the vote so this definitely to me makes more sense as to why it was trending this week save usps hashtag usps and when you clicked on and read the links associated with those hashtags it detailed out that the trump administration has said that they are not going to 
help with this new phase of the stimulus bill that the federal uh, program, if you will, of the USPS or the federal the USPS is a federal institution. It is a part of the federal government, which is, hello, a form of democratic socialism. <laughs> but anyway, as frustrated as we can all be with our local UPS post office, the whole idea that the mail exists and that you can mail something from the east coast to the west coast and have it be there in two days or maybe even less with this one day you know shipping still and it even works even half the time is still amazing and of course this voting process because of the rona is tied to mail-in ballots and trump recently has gone on record saying that democratic initiatives to for mail-in voting he is not for because that will ensure that republicans won't win because the new democratic initiatives are making it easier and more accessible for people to vote and if you do that they will show up and vote and when people show up and vote it usually sways more in the democratic way versus republican way that's what history has shown us so that's why trump isn't for having the usps system back on its feet and giving them the ability to keep make sure that postal carriers are well protected during this time with ppe and that they have the pay and the resources i felt like the usp SPS was struggling to begin with but this Rona on top of it and the fact that they've still kept going is amazing and that it's a federal program it's a federal it's under the federal government but yet they can be refused the initiative they need because it's not going to help the incumbent president which is foul it truly is foul um so that's definitely something to think about in our analysis of whether or not we want to pursue, not even to pursue, but the current presidency for them to have another four years. People like Bernie, obviously people running for the Democratic uh, Joe Biden and his camp and the DNC believe that their candidate is better for the country than Donald Trump. And right now, it just does not look like I can't hear it. I haven't heard an argument that makes me go, oh, yeah, yeah, they, they've got a point there. I haven't heard that yet because it pretty much seems like they are one of the same. You know this skit where there's a mime and on one you know side and then there's another mime on the other and they're doing the whole mirror sketch? That's what I feel like Trump and Biden really are. Are there, re I mean, people are saying, oh, Biden is slightly better and him being a centrist Democrat is going to be slightly better. Um, I... I beg to do, I don't know. 
I don't know, people talk about, oh, Supreme Court justice appointees and, and all of that. To me, I feel like what this ca campaign or what this election cycle has really proven in addition to the Rona is that these two are on are as one just like that whole mime situation you really are playing for the same team and you're trying to make us think that you think that Donald Trump is this horrible terrible treasonous individual however all of the Senate all of the House backed and supported or primarily all of them the stimulus bill is one example but for everything that has come across their way concerning the president and what he wants an expansion in defense they all vote to give him billions and billions of dollars to increase the defense budget they all vote to fast track his judges and don't give any opposition there were those hearings but it, they talked and wagged their fingers and gave gaslighting speeches but in the day they fast tracked those that recent supreme court justice so what's to make me think that if biden were in office that the justices that he would appoint are going to look out for my best interest or the best interests of the people as a collective. It is about serving these corporations as to what, how these uh, Supreme Court justices are chosen and selected. So it's not about, regardless of what party is in power, who appoints these judges they all serve one aspect or entity and it's not the people that are they elect them to govern it's the corporations it's wall street we did a show where we did a review of greg palace's movie which focused on voter fraud and it was very apparent the lengths in which both sides, you know, we talked about Republicans, but it's also Democrats are also using their own uh, ways and tactics to suppress votes to go their way. Bernie Sanders is and uh, a clear explanation of that so we at least for me that's more than enough that I need to know that my vote is still something that is revered because they wouldn't go through those lengths to try and suppress it if it wasn't something that was powerful. In the same token that the establishment knows that the movement that Bernie created is a powerful movement and they will go and vote. They could go and coalesce around a Green Party candidate or they could do something else. We don't know. Like, these people are so powerful, they can do anything. So we have to get into their minds, destroy the their momentum so that this can die off and it can go back to apathy. It can go back to people not caring. 
and not voting. And we have to do the opposite. It just has to be the course of action. So we have to continue to thank Bernie for what he accomplished. We're not, of course, happy with every decision made uh, by the campaign and by him specifically. However, we thank him for bringing us all together without Bernie. This show wouldn't even uh, exist. Many people who have gotten their platforms, not just in politics like AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and Ayanna Presley and all the other Green Party candidates, Zephyr Teachout, who were able to run on Green Party principles, on progressive principles and policies, and they were able to win seats in uh, congressional seats and win seats on a local level as well. All of that is because of Bernie Sanders. Medicare for all being something that the American public in general, that something that is a part of the American discourse is because of Bernie Sanders. So we have him to thank for that. So we tip our hat to you, Captain, my Captain, and we move forward to either coalesce around a Green Party candidate, which we're going to get to in the next segment, and or we do something else. But I definitely believe that it's I'm not 100% because I still have more to assess with the Green Party in general, but I feel like it has to be better But with what, the, what these jokers have been doing for the last several decades is just inexcusable and the whole thing has to shut down and something new has to happen. Live from Brooklyn, New York. This is House of. Live from Brooklyn, New York. This is House The Democratic Party is done. You are not getting any change from anyone at Capitol Hill. Forget that. Occupy, they got it right the first time. Occupy Wall Street because that's where the money is. That's where the decisions are coming from. So go for their money. That's the only thing they care about. They don't care about your health. They don't care about the planet. They don't care about nothing except the cash. The cash. The cash. Those were some very powerful but very true words from a very impassioned Poppy Chuloman at Poppy Chuloman, M-I-N. You can find him on Twitter and YouTube. I just discovered him recently, and this latest video was very powerful. Lots of F-bombs in it. But at the crux of what he was saying was very true which is we have to look at the only way to enact this change in order to dismantle and demolish the corruption of our political system and to have something that represents the people is to focus, is to get them to hear us and just know how strong our power is and the only way to do that is through the dollar i agree 100 percent, and that's why general strike is definitely it's already popping up it's already happening but we need to see it on a more unified level on a more 
um, cohesive le level, like that we are all banding together as one. Those of us in in the several states that are participating, there needs to be some sort of centralized organization spread out through several different forms of leadership, not the whole model of one leader that they can focus on trying to take out. This is a leadership that I think the leadership should be moving, should be revolving. It shouldn't just be a group of people for a certain amount of years. You have to pass it off and have it continuously evolving, have some an anonymity towards it in terms of people in the outside and the establishment it'll be harder to infiltrate this type of movement that is always uh recycling power so to speak and so i believe it's something that definitely can be done if the individuals in the progressive voice who were uh, working for the Sanders campaign, volunteering, believing in Bernie, whatever, uh, however you fit in the Bernie model that you were Sanders 2020, basically. If, if we join ranks with others who also see other libertarians and other independents and others across no matter what political affiliation you have you're not interested in the status quo continuous continuing you are tired of the corruption it's not even that oh i'm tired and i i just want more money and it's about greed for me i want a slice of the pie too perhaps that is some people's gripe it is about just the stark inequalities the stark just disregard for human life and human suffering and what we some people are going through just because you are fortunate to not have to go through these trials and tribulations doesn't mean that you can't care or that we shouldn't as a society want it to be as some I heard someone describe the society and the life in Sweden he's a comedian and someone he wasn't even talking about anything political but he just mentioned the fact that the way that their system is set up that you have to be like horrible to fail in the system like the system is set up for you that pretty much it's your own doing and you have screwed up badly and something that you cannot recover from and that is unfortunate for some people but just to hear that like wow you're actually given a chance at creating some type of life for yourself not everybody has the same goals and dreams of attaining this ridiculous amount of wealth that and that's the the fear that the establishment is coming from is that they have grown so accustomed to a certain type of lifestyle and seeing all these zeros in their bank accounts and if others have the opportunity who are not in the small little class to be able to pull themselves up and have 
their slice of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness that automatically calculates as that's less for me. That's less for me. And there isn't enough to go around. And they're coming from a standpoint of greed and lack. And so that's why these desperate attempts of trying to strip us of our basic uh, constitutional rights so that they can uphold this lifestyle and not be in fear that it's going to be taken away from them not even like oh tax when you hear about like them getting taxed like the top 10 of one percent getting taxed in the smallest type of ways which are these incremental you know things that aren't going to make them poppers the reaction is like oh my god you're coming for my money and everything i've worked so hard for and my money my money my millions so yes the money the money the millions and then that melts their brains from thinking clearly and critically thinking about not just themselves and their families and their friends but the world in general and thinking about how we can make things more equal and how we can make things more just and that's going to make a better world but this is something that will their they will their hand will have to be forced because of the people banding together to say well we're not going to spend our dollars here here and here and have this sort of organized strike which i believe that we're moving towards and we will get done and be successful if we do not allow these ridiculous tricks from the establishment uh dissuade us from what we need to accomplish which is to put pressure economic pressure so that we can our voices can be heard and so not just heard but policies enacted and for a new structure to to uh occur it's not an impossibility and it's actually something that needs to happen because enough people are are sick and tired of it enough people it's even more than 2016 when people were saying never hillary i believe the never biden is even bigger the never biden movement and you know i've seen some people with blue checks writing well then you only have these two choices you don't have these two choices like no we don't we do have other choices there are other people candidates running as i mentioned before there's the opportunity to write someone in you have the uh uh, it's not too late or impossible for the individuals who participated in the sanders campaign and movement who are part of our revolution to coalesce around another individual who is running or if we collectively want to say we're writing in nina turner then that's what we're doing and that's a political move and that's you using your vote to express your voice to back a candidate that is or even if somebody who isn't running like nina turner has not said she is running however if i know that many people in the progressive voice and wing love miss turner and the policies that she stands for and would love to see her in 
a powerful position in office. So that's just one of many examples. So without further ado, we're going to, the last segment is just to briefly talk about some of the other candidates that are running for president under the green party there's some other part and we can as episodes go along we can showcase some of the other individuals who aren't green party members who are running if they are of anything of substance or at least from my opinion however uh if the convention does take place there are 402 delegates elected to the green national convention and let's see it's i'm reading from the wikipedia page it says the 2020 green party presidential primaries will be a series of primary elections caucuses and state conventions in which voters elect delegates to represent a candidate from the green party's nominee for president of the united states at the 2020 green national convention the primaries to be held in numerous u.s states on various dates blah 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 will feature elections publicly funded congruent concurrent with the democratic and republican party primaries and elections privately funded by the green party to be held non-concurrently with the major party members and if everything does go smoothly with all primaries there are 402 delegates there are how many candidates on their ballot which are five the top oh well their names are and they are ranked according to the delegates that they have been able to attain at this point. And the first is Howie Hawkins, who is from New York, and he has 46 delegates. Second is Dario Hunter from the state of California with 22 delegates. And third is now... (laughs) I'm just taking a little preface here because I need some time with her name now. I have a very interesting name as well. So we got to give props where props are due. But this is an interesting name. Here we go. Her name is Sedanam Kinamo Kristen Moyowasifa Curry. Alternately styled as Sedanam. Sedenam Kinamo Christian Moya Wasifa hyphen curry or SKCM curry. SK and I think we're gonna stick for the purposes of this show with SKCM curry because my goodness, that is a name. But hey, there's a lot in a name. So this woman, woman of worth, is hails from Los Angeles, California. And she is currently running for president. Did we know that there was a black woman from L.A. who was 58 running for president? No. But you know now because you're listening to this show. 
So her background, Skiskum, S K C M, was born into a family with strong civil involvement. Her mother started in her first her first public library in their family's community. While her father was in a union, she has Caribbean, Haitian, Native American, and Irish ancestry. Her political influences include Shirley Chisholm and all other black women who ran for president as well as pan-africanism so that's just the very initial um read into skcm but what i read already i'm liking it so far but of course I refrain to give any endorsement just because I said I like what I read so far does not mean I am endorsing anyone at this point because you know we had to reassess and reallocate where we are here and that's what everybody should do yes we don't have a years and years and years to sit and ponder and pontificate and come up with this solution it does have to be made rather quickly but you can it's very easy to feel the vibe like if you're rocking with it if you look at what they platform they're running on and what policies they want to enact as president of the united states then roll with them at this point that's that's what i'm saying roll with them that's how you got that's how i got started uh supporting and volunteering for bernie sanders i had knowledge of bernie sanders growing up in the east coast i grew up in vermont and so i just had knowledge of senator sanders for a while studying politics u.s politics i knew of the independent senator of vermont but when i looked at his platform looked at his policies look at what he was trying to get done as president I was like, I, I'm for this. I'm here for this. I am here for all of this. And it wasn't that hard of a decision. I didn't have to sit. And some people have to sit there and take years to do it. Let them do that. Right now, we got to coalesce and together as like-minded in the policies and the change. Not the hope and change that Obama talked about, but real substantial change for everyone not just the people at the top y'all and if you want to do that we've got to coalesce against coalesce with others who are running on similar platforms that you agree with or you we've got to collectively come up with who we're going to write in in addition with a general strike so uh yes i believe that there's a way that you can also enact your political responsibility your civic duty in addition to putting the right economic pressure on corporations the corporations that have hijacked our political system to say we need it back and get revolutionary like these uh the continental congress and george washington and his crew and the revolutionary war how they had to say we need independence we're not down with this tea tax and all this other tax we're trying to put on us and can't we can't have our own religious ways like we are gonna fight and yes it's going to mean that we're going to it's not okay 
let me rephrase that. It's not about fighting. <laughs> That's, I, I don't believe that in that fighting or that resistance is when you really get the results. When I got caught up in the vernacular because that's what is pushed down on us that oh we have to fight and oh we have to resist and oh you have to punch up and all of the and I get in essence of what that means but truly when you look at what that means it's coming from this place of of resistance which is not coming from exactly a positive place there might be some tones of passion but it's really uh formulated in a negative mind state and i believe where there's real progress is when you're not thinking of it as a fight as you're thinking of it as progress, as you're thinking of it as momentum moving forward, if you're thinking of it as change, if you're thinking of it as instead of being anti-establishment and anti-Trump and anti-corruption, and yes, we are those things, but we need to learn about what we're being pro. So we're being pro-equality. We're being pro-having clean air and clean water. We're being pro-active, you know, in those things. And I think that when you flip your mind state in that way, from this whole resistance and from fighting and from that aggressiveness and flip that principle and turn it into something positive where you're focusing on the pros putting your like that's how bernie's campaign became so successful is because people were this was a campaign that was based on positivity down to the fact that the man would not even criticize his opponents like in in a way that we wanted to see him throw these punches and knock out joe biden and in a muhammad ali knockout situation and bernie isn't isn't going to turn on who he is because who he is and the way he decided to run his campaign was winning if if those of you with a short memory you need to dial it back and remember that when this primary thing thing started that Mr. Sanders was sweeping states and he was projected to win it all. That That's when <laughs> the establishment was like, uh-uh, we need to do plan, whatever they called it. Hatch a plan. Hatch plan like 6,000 and whatever <laughs> in the secession of plans that they have hatched to try and derail Sanders and his movement. They did it and they were successful. You know, this time it came up and the Sanders team was not ready for it and did not have their own plan of attack. Like, oh, in case they try this mess, we're going to have this response. They didn't have that. And here we are. Here we are. But we can't we can be talking about what happened during this campaign and what Bernie should have done and what he should have said and what he shouldn't say and all this stuff. Like right now, we need to let that kind of not go if you want to keep on by all means keep on discussing that but that's not going to move us forward and get us to a place where we are actually taking a stand to say that this two-party system is way too corrupt dc is way too corrupt and we're not participating in this whole capitalist model where we're just working ourselves to the bone and giving you all everything and we're not getting anything in return like that whole mess 
is over. We have put our uh, we have put our support in SKCM Curry. That's right. And she's going to be the next Shirley Chisholm. And what are you all going to do about it? And then when it gets to that point where they feel our power and for once our boot is on their neck, they will have to act. They will have no choice but to act because it's too many of us. Too many of us. So, yes, I encourage you to, as we will do on our end, to keep your mind focused on the the prize the ultimate prize and being proactive in that way and forget the criticizing and the critiques and the tantrums that you want to have over what bernie said in what publication and whatever that is just meant to distract you and keep you from the important work that you have to do on figuring out your next move on who you're going to vote for whether you're going to write somebody in or whether you are going to find more about this green party and who else is running and all of that information is on the interwebs so you can go and find out for yourself but on the show we'll be looking more at um skcm i'm looking more at um now I'm like, what is his name? The not so I'm still going to look more at Howie Hawkins, but I've heard him speak honestly, and it wasn't even the people were outraged about what he was saying about Julian Assange, which I did think was ridiculous. And the clip, uh, you heard that earlier. Uh, so yeah, that was ridiculous, but it's for me it was like there's something about the way he presents himself not in the way he looks per se but it's like how he was talking it just did I wasn't looking at a president that's what I felt like he's not presidential even in the way that I heard him speaking and answering this question just didn't seem like this is someone that can be a leader of the free world that was just my opinion but I haven't discounted him totally yet because he is in the lead. So I'm going to look at why he's in the lead. But Dario Hunter is also very interesting. This is a man that I really feel like represents so many people in this country that he might actually have a shot if he had any type of... uh, not clout, but if he gets any sort of publicity, he could be someone that could be very appealing. First of all, I mean, he's young. He's born in 1983. Uh, Dario David Hunter, also known as Yisarol Hunter. He's a lawyer. He's a rabbi, an educator, a politician. He is the first Muslim-born man to be ordained as a rabbi. And he's gay. And he was raised by an Iranian Muslim father and an African-American mother in Newark, New Jersey. And Jersey City. Like, wow. A former environmental attorney in Israel 
congregational rabbi in Youngstown, Ohio. Shout out to Youngstown, Ohio. That's where De Chapelle is from. And campus rabbi at the College of Wooster. He currently lives in Los Angeles, California. Right there, I'm like, wow, you are just interesting right off the bat. Like, you're a lawyer, you're a rabbi, you're a Muslim and a rabbi, you're a gay and a rabbi, you're Iranian Muslim and African American. Wow, this is a very interesting story. He was a Democrat before 2017. He was an independent from 2017 to 2018, and now he represents the Green Party. Very interesting. I mean, he's got the Muslim thing. He's got the Jewish thing going on. He's obviously been able to appeal both, that he's been accepted into both. He's openly gay. I mean... He, under, he understands being a person of color. He understands being education, 36 years old. This might be someone to explore as well. I mean, there could be a lot of scary things in this man's path too. Who knows? But I'm just saying on the... Uh, outskirts he's definitely someone that's interested there's a lot of interesting characters in the green uh, in the green party that I look forward to checking out and kind of deconstructing their backgrounds and seeing which policies that they are presenting and that align with the progressive policies that I hold near and dear and that's what others in the progressive wing or voice if you consider yourself to be a part of this progressive movement should be doing as well there's two other candidates a David Rold from Massachusetts and a Dennis Lambert of Ohio and I'll be checking them out as well but the top three with the most delegates are Hawkins, Hunter, and our girl, SKCM. So very interesting stuff here, people, but the most part is to keep it positive, keep us unified, and block out all establishment attempts at trying to steal your joy, trying to strip you down and make you feel like there is no way and no hope, because that's a lie. They wouldn't be working so hard to try and make you believe that if we did not hold some power. So let's hold on to our power and harness it in the right ways. I think something really great could happen. I do. So stay tuned and stay safe.